episode 168, Frog Spit. With this episode, we begin publishing Fog Spit, a memoir written and read by Jackie Spinks. Her wit, sparkling humor, a knack for conversation are a joy. This audiobook will be published in a series. Publication of the written text will follow. Look for them on her archive page. She wouldn't speak for the rest of the journey home except to shout back at us, If you kids don't shut up, you're going to get it when we get home. An idle threat. On occasion, we'd drive by Daddy's boss's house, which was an elegant antebellum mansion with columns set back from the road. And with this house, Mama would exclaim, Oh, I wouldn't have it if they forced it on me. Oh, yeah, tell me another one. Just think of heating that place and keeping it clean, she said. His wife must wear her out keeping up that place. I think they have a maid, Daddy said. Oh, Mama answered. If Grandma D was with us, she'd sit silently during these exchanges, discreetly rubbing her nose with her handkerchief embroidered around the edge, and either stare at the window or pull out and rearrange the tortoise pins that held her long gray hair in its proper Victorian knot at the nap of her neck. Mama disliked Grandma D, but Grandma was such a timid little Victorian washerwoman, it was hard for anyone to dislike her. Her hair was polished back tightly into a knot, and she wore the same black coat for thirty years, under which she wore a loose dark house dress. She owned three dresses. In winter, she wore a brown cardigan she'd knitted herself. Although shabby, she was always impeccable. She was also the smartest person in her family. I believed that because she was able to solve any kind of homework problem Jason or I might have. It made me wonder before my time for wondering what smarts had to do with a big frog jobs. After Grandma's husband died at the age of 40 in the flu epidemic of 1918, she sported her kids by doing washing. She wore her wedding ring on hands disfigured by years of plunging them into water, saturated with bleach and lye soap, and then pulling out heavy washes and wringing them out by hand. Her hands were so maimed now that the only way her ring could be removed would be to cut it off, and she wouldn't do that. Why not, Grandma? You're not married anymore, I said. Oh, yes, dear, I'm still married. But he's dead, I said. But that doesn't matter. I'm still married to him. The most important event that happened in her life was meeting Queen Victoria. I'd scratch my head over this. It wasn't like meeting a glamorous movie star. What was so great about me meeting a fat, gray-haired old lady? But this meeting superseded in importance all of her experiences in her life, such as her husband's death, coming to America without a husband to help her. He was fighting the Boer War, supporting six kids. Daddy went to work at 12. The early deaths of three other children, you name it. Any experience paled before this one meeting Queen Victoria. Self-effacing, overly impressed with royalty, once we shocked and offended her by asking if Queen Victoria went to the bathroom. She was able to provoke Mama as nobody else could except maybe Daddy. 
Once home from our Sunday drive and Grandma was gone, Mama would light into Daddy. You always let your mother sit in the front seat, she said. But you said you wanted her to, Daddy would counter. Well, if you'd said something, stuck up for me like Signy's husband does. After all, I'm only your wife, or is your mother more important to you than I am? Oh, for Christ's sakes, what difference does it make who sits where? Mama ignored Daddy's cussing. Unless she was really angry, she'd remonstrate. Jimmy, don't swear around the kids. But now her indifference to his swearing meant she was steaming. It all goes to show you very obviously put your mother before me. I don't put my mother before you. I never have, Daddy replied. Yes, you do. How can you say that? You always let her sit in the front seat, and if that doesn't show you put her first, I don't know what does. Okay, I'll tell her from now on she has to sit in the back seat. No. Why not? She'll think I put you up to it and that I'm a terrible person. So what do you want me to do, Daddy said. Oh, just drop it. And Mama slammed a few things around and walked out of the room. The hostility Mama displayed towards Grandma was based on one thing, which was partly my fault. It was a remark Grandma D made while Mama was in labor with me. In our family, every woman likes to put on a show when delivering a child. She lets go with one piercing scream after another. And if our screams don't reverberate back from the farthest most walls of the hospital, we've not made our case. So when Daddy, young, in his 20s, returned to the hospital after work with Grandma D in tow for support, during Mama's labor, and heard her screams, he became apprehensive, filled with guilt, and did some rapid soul-searching on the payoff for sex. He sat outside in the hospital corridor across from Mama's room, his head in his hands, mumbling over and over, Oh, God, what have I done? I'm the one responsible for all her suffering. I should be shot. And this was exactly what Mama wanted until Grandma D butted in. She patted Daddy on the back. Don't worry, son. It really doesn't hurt all that much. This did it. Mama overheard that comment, and after that cultivated such a rancor towards Grandma D, she could barely stand the sight of her, and an even greater gripe towards Daddy for not supporting her in her ongoing fracas with Grandma. And while Daddy got lambasted the most, we kids took some heat, too. We felt sorry for Grandma, her hands bearing witness to her life of toil. Grandma D's nice, Jason avowed, and his treachery turned Mama's face red and her eyes into slits. Did Grandma cook you chocolate pudding when you were sick with the mumps, or have a birthday party for you? or buy you that bat you wanted even though she had to go without medicine for herself to do it? Did she? No, brother answered. Well then, don't let me talk about who's nice and who's not. After several hundred of these tiffs, when Sunday dinner was over, Daddy would slowly get up from the table. Well, I guess I'll go warm up the old Till and Lizzie, Daddy said. That would be nice, dear, Grandma would reply. And out he'd go, the screen door slamming behind him. 
We'd sit around the table, silent, waiting. He'd be back in a few minutes. Something's haywire with the car, he said. Needs a new gasket or something, I guess. Grandma D would say, Oh, dear, do you think you can drive me home? Oh, sure, it'll go that far, Daddy said. Mama would sigh with relief, another Sunday drive averted. So Mama was deprived of her Sunday drive, but at least she wouldn't have to sit in the back seat and watch Grandma sitting beside Daddy like some consort. This concludes the first section of Chapter 1 of Fog Spit by Jackie Spink. This is Retirement Talk.